Previously on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Hey, are you kidding me? So then I'm thirsty, so I go in the the uh, <laughs> Hooley Manter. The Hooley refrigerator. The Hooley basement refrigerator. The refreshments uh, choice. <laughs> the refreshment center. So I go and look at, and I, I like Diet Coke or yeah. Diet Pepsi, whatever. And then there's Diet Right. Diet Right. Well, that's the cold I, stuff. There I, might be Diet Coke or Diet I, Pepsi on top of it. I don't know. Right. Diet Right. I We're old seen, school here. I haven't seen Diet Right since 1984 yeah. at Burger Chef on, on <laughs> Cleveland Avenue in, in Maslin, Ohio. Burger hey, Chef. Give me a cheeseburger and a Diet Right. You brought your own uh, beverage oh, this morning. I stole I this warm. Oh, you did? Coca-Cola Zero. Coke Zero, the warm one. Did you look in the fridge? Did you yeah, look in the I did. Fridge? There's no... There's orange in there. There's, all, there's no diet in there. No though. diet in there. I'm sorry. That'll be fixed by the time... <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to talk to the CEO again. of yeah, Spielman and Hooley Podcast. Yeah, please do. Get her going a little bit. Get her shopping list updated to your beverage desires. So... Yes. Good morning, sir. How, how are, are you? you on a nice snowy Monday? Uh, boy, I was uh, in our nation's capital and yes. lots of things happening. Woo, so I was like seeing Urban Meyer in the nation's capital and I'm like, hey, so I'm Spiels look- is there too. I'm looking in the actually the owner's booth, Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Redskins. His booth is right next to the TV. But the other the cool thing I saw, because, you know, I'm a little bit of a political junkie, or at least I follow it uh, closely. Sure, of course. So I'm looking over there and seeing, I've done Redskins games before, so I see Bernard Shaw. Remember Bernard Shaw, who was- Yeah, CBS covered, News, no, Bernard Shaw. And CNN, when, when the, right. in the first uh, Gulf War broke out, Bernard was in uh, Baghdad, I believe. Brett Baer. Oh, yeah. Fox, Fox News. News. Britt Hume. Was in there? Was uh, in Andrea, Snyder's box? Yeah, Andrea Mitchell from wow. NBC, Alan Greenspan. Boy, he's got a quite a cross section of yeah, uh, it, viewpoints. Yeah, there. It's, yeah, it's it's a bipartisan box. It is a bipartisan so, box. <laughs> then I then I see then Brenneman is over there. Hey, is that Urban over there? And I look, and sure enough, it was Urban. Urban Meyer and, and Daniel I looked, Snyder's box. I looked on Twitter, and it was all over the place. Well, of and, course, and in fairness. You know, Urban knows Dan Snyder. They've attended events before, and Urban uh, was with some of his family members, and he told me he was going to do this because I, I talked to him about Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin leading up to the game, that he was heading to the uh, Army-Navy game, something he never, obviously as a coach, never had to experience. So he said it was really awesome and recommends that anybody that's a true Football fan, if you ever get a chance to go to the Army Navy game, go do it. Everybody uh, says that who goes, so it must be absolutely true. So, uh, and everybody knows that you know, dead men walking in Washington, right? Uh, maybe sure Bruce Allen. So. There's who's, the, who's the interim? I don't even know. After uh, Bill Callahan is oh, the Callahan's interim Callahan's coach, right, and former Raiders coach, former Nebraska coach. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think this. It's kind of interesting that the Cowboys and Redskins are such super rivals historically, and Urban's name has been floated by Urban for the uh, Dallas job on the Colin Cowherd show. And Snyder, you know, you would think, well, why would I let him have him? And Snyder has a history of hiring a headline college coach with Steve Spurrier. It didn't go well, but he, he did it. You know, everybody thinks Urban's going to coach. So yes. I started thinking about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought about this uh, actually sitting in Reagan National Airport at 11 p.m. last night, wondering why am I being cursed with flight delays. Oh, my God. Again? 11 yeah. p.m.? Yeah. But that's okay. Wow. That's okay. I got home safely. Okay. That's the number one thing that, that And you're counts. here safely. That's yes, nice. I'm here for the podcast again, going above and beyond. You are going above and beyond. And I'm thinking about this. What makes everybody think that Urban would coach? Because he's great at it. Okay. But you know what else he's really good at? He's great at TV. He's good at administration, too. You think about building programs. Mm -hmm. He's built programs at Bowling Green that desperately needed a a boot, right? Yep. He built programs at Utah. Yep. He built a program at Florida. No doubt. And he built something and built on something here at Ohio State. Indisputable. So, and he knows how to hire pretty good coaches. Would you agree with that? I definitely would. So- why not put him as a, I don't, I don't want to say a GM role, but more as a, a president's type position. I guess my question would be, would that fulfill him? I don't know. I don't know that answer. 
Part of me ceding the coaching to someone else. Part of me says that's that's a great question. When you think you do it better than the guy you're ceding it to, and how much patience would he have? Yeah, zero. Let's let's just put it this way: if Urban were the team president in Cleveland, I think it would drive him absolutely crazy to watch what's going on there. We're going to talk about yes, we are. But I'm just (laughs) saying he's great at coaching. That we know. Um. Your brother Rick is on the side of the putting it all together and then turning it over to someone else. Sure. Um, well, he, that, he does that in. Go ahead. I'm but I mean, sorry. That, you you hand all you, you put you do your job and then you hand it over to someone else and say, now here are the materials that I've given you. Make it work. And if they don't make it work, I think Rick is more equipped. Rick is more. Um, Rick oh, grew Rick's up done. in the NFL. Yeah, he did. And Urban, you know, it's. Uh, Here's the thing. I mean, Rick does more than just football. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's in charge of, and, and his role has expanded over the years with the Vikings. His main goal and main role is still football and personnel. He's ultimately responsible for the personnel on that football team. And um, if I were to have a conversation with Coach Meyer about a president's role or GM role, I would say... Look, one thing you got to be able to handle is that if your team is losing, it's not the end of the world. It's really a next week mentality right away. It's almost uh, it's almost it almost has to be a baseball mentality because you look at what's going on in the NFC East, right? Seven and seven between yeah. the Cowboys and the Eagles, and they're playing next week. You're still in the hunt. You're still in the playoff hunt. And the other thing I would say is that you have to get some NFL people in whatever you would do if you decided to, this is a hypothetical conversation, by the way, if you were decided to go into the personnel part of it or the administrative part of it or front office or whatever, you got to get NFL guys around you, guys that understand, and you got to make sure that you build a team within a team, which he has done at the collegiate level. And I think that if he given the opportunity, I think he'd be excellent at it. I just don't know, like you said, the biggest question mark is because he's such a fierce competitor, if we have a debacle going on on the sidelines, like a weekly debacle, yeah, then I don't know if he could handle that. Or he would just come down from above and that's it, you're done, I'm taking over. Take a hold of the steering wheel. I, I have a whole host of questions about it because – he spent 17 years as a head coach. He called every shot. Everything flowed from his desire for how things should be done, how they should be implemented. Um, would he trust the people he put together as a team? Because he'd have to trust them. Well, he's hiring them, so that tells yeah. me he would trust them. But he had. I mean, this is a this is a broad interpretation sure. of his issues at Florida. Trust issues at Florida. When you're a guy who works yourself into a frazzle because you're doing everything and you want your hands on everything, that is at its root okay. level is a trust issue. He got a lot of publicity for letting things go at Ohio State, and I think initially he may have let some things out to his assistants. And I think largely if you compare his Ohio State tenure to his Florida tenure, he was more hands-off at Ohio State, but he was not hands-off at Ohio State. You know what I'm saying? He was more hands-off, well, but he was not I, totally hands-off. I think there's because, a... I mean, the, 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 the brain cyst and all that, all the bending over on the sideline and all that would suggest that he internalized it to some of the same degree that he did at Florida. Well, I, I think... You know the the I actually talked to him about that in particular about his health. You know, and he said he's he's doing fine. It's still there. Mm-hmm. You know, and the problem is is that it basically leaks, and that's when if that cyst starts leaking, that's when the problems start happening. But he said for six months he's been doing great, and I said that's great. And I asked him, you know, how much he enjoyed. Uh, doing a TV, and he loves it. He loves the guys that he works with. He loves the producer from all the way down. And Fox, as you know, as I said, is is a good company to work for. But something that I've been successful at doing is that I've been able to kill the competitive beast inside of me just a tad. Yeah. Enough that maybe because it's my life experiences that 
I no longer had that desire to compete at the highest level. Now, that doesn't mean I don't do my best and I want to do well and compete at the highest Can level. Can I say, as somebody who knows you pretty well, that yeah. I don't think you've – did you say you've killed it? Uh, I, I, think I say you, suppressed it. Or, I think you have channeled it. Yeah, that's a bad thing. I don't bet, think you, you have killed yeah. it at all. I think you have channeled it because I see how hard you prepare for an NFL game. Yeah. I see how invested you are in your kids' lives. You still have – your competitive nature – is more directed to others. It's directed in a more healthy way at things that benefit other people. And just, it's just more healthy. And I think that's been great for you, but I had to, and those around you see, but I, it, it, that didn't happen overnight. No. And I, in experiences and conscious decisions on my part have helped me. And I love the word that you use. You're absolutely right. Is channel it. Uh, You're absolutely right in that word. So I don't know where he is on that. I do know this. I think being a year removed from college, I'm not sure he would ever go back to coaching college. I think he so much enjoyed doing the studio stuff he, and the people that he's working with, the free time. You know, he's, he has grandkids now, right? I mean, all that stuff. He His son-in-law just took the... And his daughter, and we're moving to Colorado. He's with Steve Adazio, Colorado State. Corey Dennis, yeah, leaving. Yeah, okay. he's got the wide receiver. I Is think that he scoopage because got... I have not seen that. Uh, well, no, it's been out there, but but of course I will provide <laughs> the newspaper. Buc- I'll provide the newspaper man with scoops. I guess been, I do everything. I've been right following here. Buckeye hoops, much to my <laughs> consternation. It's just night. one game. Relax. Yeah. I didn't see it. Of course, I was watching the Vikings lad. put the beat down on the Chargers. Yeah. But anyway. So for me, I think if if we do see Urban back in in football, it's it it's going to be at the professional level because I do think if he does want to challenge himself, he's conquered everything to conquer. He broke the top fifty in the ESPN coaches. I say that he's the forty sixth greatest coach of all time. Oh my goodness! Don't get me on so what an honor that is! Did you say, "Hey, congratulations"? On no, your 40? I didn't. you should have. Oh, that would have been just priceless to see what his reaction. No, would have been. well, I mean, he's my if friend. I see him at the, if I see him at the facility today, I'm going to say that. I, I, and by the I way, mean, congratulations on that. If 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 we're in a if we're in a mood, if I'm around him. In the next few months, I'll ask him, hey, man, where thank are you, you going for at 46th? Me, thank you for reminding me to ask Ryan Day that today. Yeah. Okay. Or oh, you're heading out there today? Yeah, Ryan's available today. So here's here's my only thing. I do think if we see him back, and I have no idea, but if we do see him back in football, it's going to be at the pro level. It will not. And this is just my opinion. Okay, this, this is, is not based, coming from him. No, okay. no. This is right. just I'm trying to, you know, you start pulling pieces together. Yeah. Then, then what I always do when I see people that are, are similar somewhat in, in, or been in similar situations or similar in personality traits or whatever, how would I respond? Yeah. He's conquered college football. Some argue he's the best. You can certainly, there's no argument that he's in the top three, in my opinion, three. of there's all no doubt. time. No doubt. So the question he has to ask himself and the question that he has to answer to himself is, what would I do at the next level? And that's a question that burns. See, the one thing that I had that Urban doesn't have is I was able to compete mm-hmm. at the highest yes. level. And there's no other level. And, yeah. and that's, I think out of all the things, Bruce, and I think about this, and, and this is going to sound a little self-serving or selfish, but it, it's not. You know, you look back and you survey your career and you survey your work life, mm-hmm. like you survey everything, right? And the thing I'm most proud about it, about my career is that it, for 11 years, I was able to compete at the highest level there is in the world. And I think that's what I'm most proud of. And a lot of sacrifice, a lot of work, all that BS, I get it, all that, but that... Urban never had that uh, chance yet. No, yet. And I think that would be the burning question that if I were Urban Meyer, that would be the thing that would be kind of tapping me on the shoulder. What do you Come on, man. Yeah. It's there. Your challenge is there. Do you want it? Well, and that's on. why you and I think Ryan Day will eventually coach He's in the NFL. He's going back, dude. Because it is lingering out there. I wonder what I could do when it's all football. It's the best against the best. It's the best against the best. The highest level I want I want to know. 
Now, as you marry those two topics together, should Ohio State fans be nervous if Urban Meyer is going to go to Washington as the brains upstairs? Ryan Day, should we worry about Ryan Day becoming the Redskins head coach? Because, the, you know, people made the connection yesterday. Ooh, Urban Meyer yes. in Washington and Dwayne Haskins is there. And, well, eh, Dwayne Haskins had pretty good numbers with See, Ryan Day. So here's the thing. I think everybody was thinking Urban Meyer was there for c- coaching, like Everybody was connecting. Oh, he's going to be there. They're scouting. He's looking at the team he's got. Yeah. I, no, yeah, that's what. When and I don't. I don't think that was the case at all. I think, hey, I'm in Philly. I got invited down. I got two players playing. Yeah, but here, let's stop right there. How does he get invited down? He's got two players playing. Terry, I he's get got that. Tr- but if I'm Dan Snyder, I got a lot going on. I got Britt Hume in okay. my booth and Andrea Mitchell, and I got to worry about them throwing well, food at each other. Here's the other thing. When do I have time to think, you know, who else should I invite? Here's oh, the by the way, deal. Urban Meyer's at the Army-Navy game. Here's the deal. Also, this was reported yesterday in Shannon Spake, who does, by the way, does a great job. She does a great she, job. I mean, during the week, though, she does so much during the week, Bruce. She's fabulous. I like her because she doesn't just – do her sideline reports on what she's read in the newspaper. No, the she, week. I mean, that's that's the thing I think you would appreciate about yeah, her. She works at it. She, I mean, during the week, like she, and she asks a thousand questions to me and because she, and she's learned and she knows football and she wants to know more and she's not afraid to ask tough, tough questions. And like, I'm a harsh grader on sideline I know, reporters. you're very difficult. I'll tell you who's the best at ESPN, Allison Williams. Okay. Allison Williams is the absolute best at ESPN. Is she at the? She's like on the third game? team. Who's she with? I don't McShay know. McShay and those with. guys? Um, no, because McShay's the sideline guy for that team. But I he's not really a. Re- he doesn't consider. No, he that. does. McShay well, does though, a very good job. He well, does. he's learned how to do that. Yeah. I, I lost my. Oh, here's the thing. Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. came out and Shannon reported this. Uh, that Terry, he was actually a personal guest of Terry because Terry invited okay. him down. Okay. He's got a great. He's got a good relationship with Dwayne. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but he has a great relationship with with Terry, and I think Terry invited him down. And by the way, Terry McLaurin is fabulous. What what a great oh, the player speed he, he is! Showed on running away on that. Well, that, but Ooh. just the route running and the toughness. And and the thing I loved is watching him. I mean, I thought Dwayne had a great practice on Friday, which translated to his best game as a rookie on on Sunday. But just watching uh, Terry McLaurin, it's just. He's he's a he's the steal of the draft in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a rookie wide receiver that is an established NFL player, and he plays like a veteran, like he's been playing five years in this league. And you know the thing he doesn't do? He doesn't whine and complain he when he gets the ball. He doesn't yell at his no, coach no. about getting the ball. Doesn't well, it, it depends on what week. Which receivers yelling at the coach? <laughs> Uh, we want to thank our friend Trevor Stover at Stover Farms Custom Meats. Stover Farms Custom Meats, 4000 Presidential Parkway in Powell. Get your delicious holiday turkey. Order it now because you can't just walk in and get it. They want to order ahead of time. They get it from growers just like they do on the uh, Angus beef side that have no hormones, non-GMO. And, of course, steaks, well, you won't find any better than at Stover Farms Custom Meats, 4000 Presidential Parkway. Tell them you're a Spielman and Hooley listener. You get a free pound of hamburger for every pound you buy. StoverFarmsCustomMeats.com is the website. And, yes, say Stover. Wait, don't I heard that name? Yes, that's Mr. Football, Cade Stover's mom and dad. All right, so did you get a sit-down with the uh, DH Simba 7, Washington yeah. Redskins quarterback? Yeah, I did. Thoughts? Uh, I, I think uh, here's the thing I know about. Dwayne, um, he is a really, and I don't want to say, I, not cocky, but he's really confident. Mm-hmm. And the best thing I got about out of it, because I, I asked him, I said, Dwayne, I did the first game in New York when you first got your first NFL mm-hmm. regular season mm-hmm. snaps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, wasn't was good, but nobody expected it to be good because you had no practice reps. And he says, no, it was terrible. And he said, but now I take ownership of my performance he knows he can get better. What what people fail to understand is since the Washington Redskins were the first team to start a rookie quarterback and three rookie wide receivers since 1970. Whoa. Since 1970. So he's growing with three rookie wide receivers. They need an upgrade. I mean, Terry McLaurin's the only guy that's I would consider a starter. The other guys are nice backups, but mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin's the only starter. And his both his tight ends... The number one and number two tight ends are out. So he's playing with the number three tight end. 
Um, but what I would say is this. What I saw yesterday is the type of quarterback Dwayne Haskins be. Actually, was uh, they ran a speed option with him twice, and he he actually ran the ball well. I think he had 30 yards on scrambling and running the running quarterback run. But he was seeing the field, and the biggest improvement that he made, and I watched all the Redskins games from the time I did the first Giants game of Dwayne up until mm-hmm. um, I, I, this game, just to watch him. And his pocket presence improved. He sees the field better, and he's making quicker decisions, and he's getting rid of the football. And like most rookie quarterbacks, when they first get started, he was holding the football way too long. He was holding the ball second longest in the NFL, only next to Kirk Cousins. Well, you can say, well, how does, why does Kirk Cousins hold it so long? He's been playing such a long time. Well, their offense is a lot of play action. Mm-hmm. And so there's max protection, and they run a lot of deep routes. So thus, holding the ball from snap to pass, it takes a little bit longer. Dwayne's was more of seeing everything. Yeah. And I thought it all clicked for Dwayne Haskins yesterday. He missed a couple throws, but he made some dynamite throws. And you can see the potential in Dwayne Haskins. And it was good to see. It, it really was because, uh, you know, I – what I'm not seeing what I'm seeing, but I was saying, well, you know, he's got three rookie wide receivers. They've had injuries. He lost his top two tight ends. But yesterday, he was so impressive, and it was good to see. Should the Bengals have taken him? Well, after what – if I saw – if that Dwayne Haskins yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, they should have taken him. Well, they uh, did not. Well, I know. Here be, we go. They'll Let's be go. taking uh, Joe Burrow number one overall. If after. they get the number one, because they're going to well, beat the Browns. Well, they have a two-game lead for the number one. They would have to win two, and the Redskins and Giants, and the Dolphins have three wins? Well, They have a two-game lead on yeah, everyone. But- they cannot tie anyone, because their schedule is not such that they would win a tiebreaker. Right. So the Bengals have a two-game lead for the number one overall pick, and Joe Burrow was at the NFL. Uh, Somebody only Boomer has with. two wins. Boomers wins. with Fox? Anyway, Joe Burrow was in the NFL studio yesterday, and he was posing with Boomer in a Bengals helmet. Who's Boomer? Boomer is Eisen. Oh. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and the uh, Bengals' pass rush was actually pretty good yesterday against Tom Brady. Um, the Bengals aren't quitting. No, they're not. They were 13-10 at halftime. They should have been ahead. Andy Dalton threw three third-quarter picks, four in the game. You know what? Pick six. And Zach, Ta- uh, Zach, uh, Zach Taylor? I, why do I keep forgetting the yeah, Bengals? Zach like Taylor's the head coach. He lit up the wide receivers after the game. I saw they didn't that. Fi- they didn't fight for balls. I wish Mike Brown would have hired Urban Meyer last year when he moved away. Mm-hmm. To be his uh, football yeah, the foot- Svengali. Yeah. Let him go yeah. build it. Because yeah. he can build programs. I mean, yeah. you know, and Urban's smart enough. And here's the other thing about Urban. I hate to di- – is it digress or digress, regress? Digress. I hate to digress back to You're, this. You can digress. You're not regressing. Okay. talk about Urban. It's All right. Good, I, good I, hate, topic. I hate to digress going back to this, but he he can build things. I yeah. mean, he builds leadership programs. He in- installs things. I mean, he, he, he has a system. He puts it in place, and it runs. And he's not afraid to bring top-notch people in. One of the – Complaints that I had about uh, well, why not throw him in that Bengal possibility? Because because Mike Brown never does that. You just you, well, no, that, that's not going to happen. It's not realistic. And, that makes it, more it, sense. Nate's down there know, playing baseball. Shelley and Urban are it, UC grads. I think he would jump at that, but that's just that you know I don't. Mike Brown hired Coop as a consultant. But here's the other thing: you look at like uh, sometimes great coaches don't translate into great administrators. Allah, we go back to the factory of misery. Um, Your f- favorite team, the Cleveland Browns, I've when purged, they hired Mike Holmgren. I've tried to purge all that from my mind. <laughs> no, we're bringing it back. No, no, bring it back. But see, I think Urban would not be uh, wearing Tommy Bahama shirts to work and cutting, getting there at 10 and cutting out at 3. Who does that? That was Holmgren. Oh, was it? That was Holmgren. No, and, no, and I don't think. by 10, out by 3. Didn't want, didn't want to fight traffic in the morning or the afternoon because, you know, that Berea traffic is brutal. Just brutal. Oh, man. So... We'll we'll see, but I think the one thing Urban is not afraid to do, he's not afraid to hire the best around him because he's not insecure. You would be surprised at the insecurity in the NFL, especially 
or you wouldn't be surprised. You covered the NFL, so you know teams are losing. Bruce, the insecurity just—it's in waves. Well, I, I'm not surprised at the insecurity, not at all. No, because you've covered it. But I think some people yeah, would. Some be. people would be that thing. Hey, made it to the highest level. What's he worried about? Uh, we would like for you to review our podcast. That would be wonderful if you would. It helps us with advertisers and helps us know what you're thinking about our podcast. Go to iTunes, and if you need a tutorial, go to pleasereviewmypodcast.com/slash/spielman and Hooley, and you'll find it. This one comes from Schleyball. Uh, he says, I really enjoy your pod. Born in 1960, grew up and live in Amish country. Spielman may You know be, him? Uh, I don't know him, <laughs> but I know many people with his last name. I mean, maybe I do know him. Uh, Spielman may be my favorite Buckeye. Like, I like Hooley, too. Have many good That's friends good. from Plain City. I miss the broadcast team of Spielman and McDonough for college football, as do I, Schleyball. He said, read Spielman's book. That Hooli wrote, True Meaning of Being a Man, Enjoy Your Faith segment. Actually, we co-wrote that, didn't we? Or... Uh, sure we did. How do we do that? We Read met... Spielman's book that, I mean, that you wrote? You put yeah. it in words, but who gave you the I words? I put it in words. You gave me the words. Okay. I tried to write it in your voice. Thank you. You my did favorite, a great job, by the way. My favorite part of that book was where I wrote a chapter about you and Steph, and you said, when did we talk about this? And I said... We really didn't. I just was trying to predict what you'd say, and you go, "Well, you got it all right." So that oh, was really? very that was very uh, fulfilling for me to hear that. I um, have I. It's too soon, but I do have one dig on you that I will. Ahead. I'm not no. Let it out. No, Now's the I'm, time in the review segment because I'm not I just going got to a do review it. Compliment. I'm not going which, to do it. You know, are rare. Okay. By the way, our guy who ripped me on the review a couple weeks ago, yeah. he's back and he posted the exact same review. <laughs> Why? But he gave us five stars, and he ripped me. Okay. So, let's, hey, you can do it. Say whatever you want. Five-star reviews are very, very, I don't want to say this one because I know it, it bothers you. And I, I'm only teasing you because I'm saying it shouldn't bother you. Do you know what it is? The uh -huh. one thing I counted on you for. Oh. The one thing man. I counted on yeah. you for. I know. I deserve that. I own that. <laughs> I'll own that forever. It's one of my great life regrets. It really is. Why do I find humor in it now? It's I, good that I can find humor. Because you're a really good guy. That's why. Because <laughs> you're a really good guy. Man. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll, I, we got to tell the people okay, what it is. Okay, you tell the story. On the night that Stephanie passed away, yeah. I forgot. I'm not laughing. I mean, it's. I mean, you have to. I forgot my phone. Chris tried to get a hold of me, and I had some things that I needed to take care of with ESPN and with just helping him notify people right and that was I, one job you had one I job I had one job and i blew it i left my phone at home i had an appearance at a kroger and hilliard and i got in my truck afterward and turned the news on and i just oh, <laughs> awful and he's I, well it just i I'll, you know that i'll i've been, I, I've I been own, told i own that one man you know my crew you know what they call me the counter because if <laughs> if they they if they make a mistake or if they like one guy um like they always I said I'll take care of it no we got it this is our job where they make sure at the caravan after the game everybody's luggage is in a certain car so that uh -huh. we can have have an uh, sure. expedited escape right yeah of course quickly and uh my luggage went somewhere to California one time, oh, and this about two years ago. And of course, I brought it up today, yeah. and the guy goes, "You're a counter. All you do is count, 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 count. You never forget everything, anything, and you never let anything go, do you? You never let it go." <laughs> I said, "No, ask Bruce. Ten years. That's uh, <laughs> that, hey, he should have thrown First Corinthians thirteen at you, Chris. Love keeps no record of wrongs." <laughs> it sounds like you used that one upstairs oh, a few times. No, no. I've had it used on me <laughs> with good reason. Uh, speaking of teams and people making an expedited exit, your Cleveland Browns flying out of Arizona last mm -hmm. night. Losers, 38-24. to It really wasn't that close. It was 38-17. Yeah. The Browns got a stat-padding drive at the end, so Baker Mayfield's numbers looked semi-decent they ended up looking better than kyler murray's murray was by far the better quarterback so that means they've lost to three rookie quarterbacks brandon allen duck hodges wow. and kyler murray um they're six and eight the uh, defense that was defense they gave up 226 yards on rushing. The, the immortal Kenyon drake had four rushing touchdowns yeah, over 100 yards um who would you rather have right now kyler murray or Baker Mayfield. 
Who makes less waves? Well, Kyler Murray makes less, less waves. Who would you rather have? I think I'd still rather have Baker Mayfield because oh I think gosh. he's been coached so poorly. And, and I mean coached in every aspect. I mean on the field and I mean off the field on how to be a pro. Mm-hmm. One of the real disappointing things, I just thought of this, about the Cleveland Browns is that they have, um, don't they have Drew Stanton? Isn't he their backup? I think so, yeah, because of Baker, I believe. So where's his stewardship of, hey, enough with this nonsense? Well, it's we're, we're two years into this, Bruce, and he's got to start taking ownership. Well, nobody can tell Baker anything. Nobody can tell Jarvis Landry anything. Nobody can tell OBJ anything. And so if you have nobody who can tell the players anything, you have no leadership and discipline in your haven't we, didn't we say this, and that's a problem? Didn't we say this before when things go south? And I remember when they got Jarvis Landry, everybody was excited, and I told you because in Miami he was doing the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's just so. I'm scanning the internet in the airport last night, and it's not about Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. The headlines are about Jarvis Landry and Freddie Kitchens. Again, they can't get out of their own way. And I don't understand why this keeps happening. Is there any leadership or is there any accountability? Except I love the guy. I love the guy. I love the guy humiliating me as a coach on the sidelines. I love the guy. Or, or OBJ complaining. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these guys constantly complain. Those two. They do. They're and, great players. And, and, Nobody's and doubting why that. why would anybody be surprised at that? Because that's what they have done their entire careers. <sighs> Here's Jim Donovan, Brown's play-by-play voice, doing his stand-up after the game for WKYC-TV in Cleveland, touching on Beckham, Landry, and other issues with the Cleveland Browns. For the Browns, there are bad signs. Bad sign for the coach, bad sign for the star players. Mayfield is not improving at a good clip. The wide receivers, Landry and Beckham, neither one of them are happy. And more often than not, they come off the field and scream at the head coach. And the fact that they're able to do that and get away with it is a bad sign for the head coach, Freddie Kitchens. I think it is, too. I think, you know, you get to a lot of times you don't want to do something, but you have to do something. I think they didn't want to fire Hugh Jackson in the middle of last season, but they just had to do it. And I think at this point in time, if they don't get rid of Freddie Kitchens, I don't know how you purport to fix a lot of the off-field issues that bleed onto the field going into next season. No, you You're can't. going to have to do it eventually. Because Freddie defends their behavior. Yeah. I love guys that want the ball. Everybody wants the ball. They don't... They don't... <laughs> They put their themselves ahead of the team, and here's the, the 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 sick thing about it. And this is what they fail to recognize: they think that they're putting the team yeah. ahead of themselves. Because I'm passionate, man. Yeah, we're all every NFL player is passionate, dude. Everyone is passionate. Everybody wants to win, you know. And so, I think there's got to be an example made for um, insubordination. And you suspend one, and you keep sitting them down. Next time you come out and you start screaming and crying and yelling, I've asked you not to do this. I'd sit them down. I've gotten arguments with coaches before, but it, it, but it was, it wasn't every single week. Right. It wasn't something every single week. I mean, it might have been once a year. Well, later yesterday, or if it was, it was handled behind. After the game, or in the building, in an office, you can't show him up. And the Browns players typically show up. Freddie Kitchens, and he doesn't stick up for himself. He doesn't administer or enforce or reflect any kind of discipline. Landry said after the game yesterday that you know the sideline thing was no big deal. And it is a he big just, deal. He just wanted the ball. I hadn't had the ball since the first quarter. Well, then get open, Baker Mayfield is not hesitant about throwing the ball to you. I could believe that maybe Beckham 
is open and Baker doesn't see him because Baker doesn't trust Beckham because Beckham didn't go to minicamp and Beckham's not in shape and that's why he has a sports hernia or at least it may have contributed to it. It's certainly a possibility. But Jarvis Landry, if he's open, Baker Mayfield's always looking for Jarvis Landry. So you're either not open or the play's not called for you. You're the third option and one and two are open or something. But just, you know, put you're losing the game. Going over and yelling at your coach is not going to help you win the game. What's the top of mind concern at that moment? It's winning the game. You're not helping the team. No matter how much you think you are by it's exhibiting your passion and your desires. We all got helping. it, all right? How do you handle yourself? Be a pro. You know, come over there, grab Baker, grab Freddie, and say, all right, here on this thing, what do you think? Yeah, I got this play. This, right. You know, there's a way to get what you want. And then I think subconsciously – and this is just a theory, it's not a fact, but it's just something that I think about, that when you have two guys chirping in Baker's ear all the time, even subconsciously, oh, man, maybe I should look for Jarvis now, instead of going where the read takes you. Like Kirk Cousins, when Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph were all complaining, he got up in a press conference and said, they can say all they want. I'm throwing where the read tells me to throw. End of story. End of story. That's it. I'm thrown to where the reed tells me to throw. That's it. (laughs) And I heard a great line by Zach Ertz yesterday that was given to him by Chris Long. The play doesn't care who makes it. Yes. The play doesn't care who makes it, Jarvis or Odell or whoever. The play doesn't care who makes it. And the best player on the Browns is Nick Chubb, and he conducts himself. How, how many times do you even hear from Nick Chubb? Never. And Nick Chubb is the only guy on the Browns who could complain about not getting the ball enough. Yeah. Because every time he gets the ball, something good happens. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's it's your team. It's my team. Did you mark... Can you mark this on the calendar? Um, No, I will, though. It goes on the calendar. Calendar of dysfunction. <laughs> calendar Again. of dysfunction. It's every week. It's every week. You know what? It's Here's every week. It is. Here, you know, Without I, fail. It's funny that you do this because now I find myself looking. Yeah. What is it going to be this week? Or even today. What's it going to be today? What's it going to be today? We got press conferences. Oh, well, there's going to be something because there's never nothing. to be? Yeah. And how much do you put on Dorsey? He brought them all in. I put a lot of it on John Dorsey. I put 75% of it on John Dorsey mm-hmm. because he's been in good organizations. He's been with the Packers. He's been with the Chiefs. Um, what do you, John, have, John what do you have at the Packers? Well, I mean, he's, he was, he he was, not, the, he was not the top guy. He had Ron Wolf. Right. He had a leader at quarterback and Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers. He had Mike Holmgren. He had that staff that had... Uh, right. Mooch and all his guys on it. Uh, well, yeah, Mooch was in uh, San Francisco. Um, he might have been in. Yeah, he was in Green Bay because he coached mm-hmm. Favre. Um, he knows how it should be done, but I think John Dorsey has this push pull within him in the ways that he's seen it work. But he also like he can't resist that talent gene, man. Yeah. And like I said, you know, if you got something on your police report, John Dorsey's the guy that you want to see your highlight tape because yeah. he'll ignore the police report. He'll ignore the. You know the the knucklehead factor, and he'll t- he'll side with talent every single time, every single time. In if in my consulting business, that I'm available to all 32 teams. By the way, two guys in a basement, <laughs> two guys in a basement. In our consulting, consulting business. Spiels will take the NFL side. I'll if, take the PR. If Coach Kitchens or uh, John would have called me and say, "Okay, what do you? How do you handle this?" I go into the meeting today, and I would say it next. And I would say it sternly, and might use some colorful language. Nuts guy. It's one of you gentlemen. To open his mouth and not put the team first and come over there and start whining and complaining and embarrassing our team, you're done. You're sitting. Yep. You're sitting for one game. Suspended, that's a week's pay. And we're going to keep doing it. This has got to stop. Because what we're doing. David and Joku. David Njoku was inactive yesterday. You know why? Why? Because Doug Deacon, the Browns uh, analyst, which here we go, calendar, save a spot on the calendar for this one. David Njoku, could they use his talents? Yes. Yes. He was inactive yesterday because in practice, he was not blocking. He was not running the right routes. He was, and I quote, going rogue in practice. Okay, so there's no control of that team. Nope. And that's the difference between. That's a second-year guy. That's who's been injured a because bunch and ought to be hungry looking? to get back out there. What's he looking at? What's he emulating? The guys on the team who are making the most money are Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, and they get away with it, so why wouldn't I? Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's that's I don't I I don't want any coach to get fired. There's going to be seven to eight openings from my sources, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Nice, good sources. They are pretty good, yeah, actually. That they are <laughs> better than yours in they the NFL. Are better, they're much better than mine. <laughs> Although you were all over the Halfley thing. Yes, we shed a little tear for Jeff Halfley going to Boston. <laughs> are Colorado. you okay with him departing? Uh, we know. hardly knew you, Jeff. Hardly knew you. Coach. We hardly knew you. He'll do a great job there. I just, I just don't. Uh, I mean, the dysfunction is so bad, and the whining, and the complaining, and the one, two, three, me is so bad up there that if it doesn't get under control within the next two weeks, then there's maybe you got to make a change. And I don't like saying. I think that. you have to make a change. Um, certainly on Black Monday, the Monday after the regular season. Because if you don't, and there's seven, eight, or nine changes, then you're going to get the seventh, eighth, or ninth best choice. Well, even the Giants, who, you know, it's very possible that Pat Shermer is going to be fired, correct? Yeah, but here's the thing. Do you let John Dorsey choose again? No. He chose Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, well, I, yeah, well, I mean, if you hire him, you do. Um, or maybe you hire an outside consulting firm, which are, are I don't know what the plan is for the Haslam's. But I really believe in the NFL, and you've seen this with Rick, the best organizations, the GM and the head coach are aligned. I don't think you can stick a GM with a head coach that he doesn't believe in. They have to be aligned. They have to be one. And so, you know, if Dor, I mean, in some respects, Dorsey has to make the call, and in other respects, you can't let him make the call because he screwed up the last one royally. Can I? I wanted to finish my point on Pat Sherman and the Giants. Janoris Jenkins came out with an offensive tweet. He's their best corner. Mm -hmm. He's their best cover corner. He's an important guy on their team, even though they only won two ball games. But he's still an important guy and a productive player. Uh, the owner told him that you need to apologize. He said, "No, I'm not apologizing." Mm. You know where he, they cut him? They cut him down a the spot. They cut him on the spot. Cut him on the spot. Yeah, but imagine I'm, that. Could imagine you, that. Did you see Haslam doing something no. like that? No. See, I don't know the Haslam what their management style is or you know the Haslam's a little bit I don't I think he's tried hands on I think he's tried hands off and they both fail and that's got to be frustrating it's got to be frustrating for yeah. just if you're going to go hands off you got to have the right guy by the way because you said Pat Shermer and people may not know about Janoris yeah. Jenkins if you want details you're gonna have to find it on Twitter that's and, one of my favorite drops of all and time. Twitter <laughs> was the demise of Jan- Janoris Jenkins Twitter was the demise of Giants Janoris Jenkins. career Twitter used to be aptly described as 140 characters of rope. Now yeah. it's 280 characters. <laughs> it's more rope. You can hang yourself higher. You were upset at the Buckeyes basketball team last night. They just last night. You could see it coming a mile away. Uh, they've been off eight days. Minnesota's four and five. They lost by 20 at Iowa. Why would you take them seriously? I thought because they were a young roster and they'd won by 25-plus against North Carolina and they came out focused against Villanova and they'd toughed out some games where they didn't play well. Kent came back on them, tied it up, and then they blitzed them. That maybe this team wasn't subject to some of the stuff young teams are subject to. Turns out they are. They got their point guards got embarrassed by Marcus Carr from Minnesota. C.J. Walker had a terrible game. Uh, If D.J. Carton gets more minutes out of this because they realize that he's the most gifted point guard they have. It'll be a gain from a loss. So I'm not going to panic. Every Big Ten game this year has been won by the home team. So if you win that road game up there, that's, you know, a leg up on it. It's a good conference this year. Yeah, it's always good. Big Ten basketball is always good. So they got southeast, southwest Missouri State Tuesday, and then Kentucky Saturday. So see what we they got. play a nice non-conference they play a very schedule. Nice huh? Non-conference schedule. Yes, they do. Hmm. It'll be conference fun. play. Like really, well, I know con- it started, but yeah, really after kick- the first of the year. Oh, after okay. the first of the year, it'll really kick in. All right, uh, the Browns. Speaking of, what a day <laughs> for Peter King's uh, column on NBC Sports to lead with Mike McCarthy and tell me, Spiels, if this rings a bell in your Cleveland Browns wayback machine. Fifty-six-year-old Mike McCarthy has been sitting down plotting how he's going to impress an NFL owner who wants to hire. Uh, a new head coach for one of his openings. And McCarthy says, after meeting with Peter King three times, that one of the things that he has, uh, he's going to insist upon is at his future home, a 14-person football technology department, including a six-person video unit and an eight-person analytics team. Mm-hmm. 
chief of football technology, tops the department, which will run both video and analytics. The top analytics lieutenants will be a coordinator of database management, coordinator of football analytics, and coordinator of mathematical innovation. So, in other words, he wants what every other team has. But that will just that will turn Jimmy Haslam's head like a pretty girl walking into his fraternity in Knoxville, Tennessee years ago. (laughs) He just loves analytics. He just loves, you know what he really loves? He loves thinking he's going to outsmart the rest of the NFL. That's what they love. I think the the owner of the Carolina Panthers is an all-analytics guy. And I was wondering if we're just going to have a robot or a computer Call a game and do a game and make those decisions and maybe maybe somebody will maybe Haslam will try well, that. I, I, Watson from I IBM. Think we we actually uh, implemented. We're the first broadcast uh, on Fox to implement analytics yesterday called Edge Sports. And after each drive, the win probability you see that on GameCast yes, on do. ESPN, but we did it on Edge Sports real time. And we didn't well, do the Eagles it all pulled the time. that out at the end. What was we their win it. probability? Uh, I forget the numbers, but I know that people liked it because, uh, and it w- and we didn't overdo it, but yeah. because of uh, coming out uh, in the second half, going there's something happened. Their probability dropped by seven percent. Then they made a play; it rose by seven percent. It's 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 interesting to me, and there you can't use that real time. Like NFL teams are prohibited from using that in the game. What they have is books in a press box that play out every scenario, so they have to be quick and find it. But I agree with Mike in a sense that that's the direction of the league. It'll be the direction mm-hmm. in college football eventually, and if not already, at some of the bigger programs that can afford that. But that everybody does that. It's not like he's saying anything innovative no. or new. It's everybody does that. What would you think of McCarthy in Cleveland? Ron Rivera. I thought, he should have, I thought McCarthy should have been hired last year. I agree Cleveland. with that. I agree with that. Uh, okay, Heisman Trophy. Now you can disclose your Heisman Trophy ballot. Joe Burrow is the winner, the pride of the Plains High School in Athens, Ohio. Um, a great speech, which yeah. we'll get to in a moment. But first, Mr. Spielman, your Heisman Trophy ballot. The final numbers were Joe Burrow in a record percentage of number one votes, and he basically set every record you could set. Jalen Hurts of Oklahoma, two. Justin Fields of Ohio State, three. Chase Young, four. Okay. Uh, I actually voted Joe Burrow number one, Jalen Hurts number two, J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. number three, and Chase Young number four. He didn't vote Chase Young number four because there is no fourth place vote. On my ballot, there was. <laughs> There's no fourth okay, place Okay, then I vote. had a fourth place. Well, that's In your mind, yes. Yeah. Okay, I voted Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields, and never in my recollection of being a Heisman voter for 25 years, has the delineation between two, three, and four been harder to distinguish sure. this year? it's interchangeable. I, had, I would have had J.K. Dobbins four if I could have, uh, and Chase Young five, just because I put Fields ahead of Dobbins, and I really struggled with it. It's yeah, I, I mean, really struggled with it because I feel like J.K. Dobbins is undersold in terms of his importance to Ohio State, and I think a running back takes so much punishment. And he's been so good in their biggest games, but I couldn't get away from forty to one. Yeah, that that's I agree with that. And I, mean, I couldn't get away from I struggled with that too. Quarterback is the hardest position to play. Here's the thing that really got me on J.K. Dobbins. You make a great argument, and I could sell in. I could change my vote. It, it, they're interchangeable to me. Joe Burrow's clearly number yeah, one. Couldn't overall. argue with that. Yeah, and he deserved it. And I'm happy. I'm happy for Joe and his family in the state of Ohio. It looks makes Ohio State look good. Mm-hmm. It makes LSU sure look good. Everybody wins. All right. Why I put J.K. Dobbins in there? I saw a, a stat a couple weeks ago, or it was maybe after right after last week after the Big Ten. But I, I it confirmed what I knew that J.K. Dobbins had over a thousand yards after contact. After contact, yeah. And that that to me was so impressive, no doubt. That that's what which I love. Yeah. I mean, I, that that's something that I grab onto, and that's why I put J.K. Dobbins in, as my one of my finalists. I feel bad for J.K. in that he hasn't really won anything in the postseason, and I I think look, I think Jonathan Taylor is a really good back, and he he operates under a different a career different set of duress yeah. than J.K. Dobbins because sure. Taylor doesn't have the weapons around him to take the heat off him like J.K. Dobbins does. So would J.K. Dobbins put up the same numbers at Wisconsin? I don't know. But the numbers are the numbers, yes. and you play on the team you put play on. 
And so I think J.K. Dobbins or Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State should have been the Doak Walker Award winner, not Jonathan Taylor. That was a career achievement award. Now, Well, if J.K. For, played in the second half of football games yeah. this year, which he didn't because it was best for no, the you, team that couldn't. he didn't. Well, you couldn't. I mean, you were just killing people. But and, then he had over, you know, close to 120-some carries in the last three ball If games. he'd had 2,000 yards, maybe he would have been the Doak Walker winner. And I think he could have easily had 2,000 no, yards. It, it, he had a, just a... You know that I wasn't. I was. I had question marks on J.K. coming into this year, and all that has been erased. I think, just by nature of position, that he solidified himself as a uh, a second round pick. I don't think he's a first round pick be- just because of the position. And we position. see the success yeah. of later round backs mm-hmm. coming in, and teams love to use two backs. So yeah. now I, I just I think he he. Uh, out of all the Ohio State Buckeyes this year, and this is just my own opinion, you can name a lot, but to me, he was the most impressive player. He's the Buckeyes MVP to me. That's J.K. Dobbins. For me. You can say other guys, but for me, he was the most impressive player. I just wish there was – I, I got to give Fields MVP because, again, where are they without him? I, I agree with that also, yeah. It's like, man, and I hate the co-MVPs, but J.K. Dobbins, I think, is Ohio State's most improved player, without a doubt. Oh, man. From he, last year to this year. I, I, And that's another thing, I guess, that I'm partial to. And he was a really good player last well, year, yeah, that's, I'm not saying he wasn't good yeah. last year, but I just, you know, I, I look at things, everything I look at now is from, because my standard is so high for Ohio State mm-hmm. and the players, everything I look at is from an NFL perspective. And I wasn't sure coming in this year that he was an NFL back. And now I'm not I'm not I'm I'm more sure I'm not more sure of anything else in the world right. than J.K. Dobbins being an NFL back. And I, I just think it's a credit to hard work and determination yeah. and coaching and all the things. And I I just thought this is just a great year for him and he deserves uh a lot of awards, he didn't get them, but I don't think he really cares because they have a chance as a team to go down as the best team in Ohio State history if they win out. Well, and I do think he'll be super motivated for Clemson. And look, I mean, Travis Etienne He's good could too. make the same argument. He could say, well, I'm not even there. I'm not even at the college football yeah. awards. I average nine yards per carry. Yeah. Where do you think Clemson Gosh. would be without me? So sometimes there are just so many good players. None of those Clemson guys were there. Justin Ross wasn't there. T. Higgins wasn't there. Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. Well, so yeah. never have there been two teams ranked two and three that were more that are more mad about being undervalued than Clemson and Ohio State because both of them feel like they deserve more. And you know what? Based on the way both of them played and dominated and won, it's hard to argue that they both didn't deserve more. I think, though, in – you know, Joe Burrow definitely wasn't it the largest Heisman vote, largest um, percentage of first place votes, largest number total vote. You know, total points first, second, and third. Yeah, you get three points for one, two for second, one for third. Now, I did have somebody come at me on Twitter last night about how could I rate Jalen Hurts ahead of Justin Fields? Oh, Jalen Hurts is an awesome story, and what he's been able to do as far as what he did at Alabama. Then, where would Oklahoma wouldn't even be in a conversation without Jalen Hurts and what he's been able to do. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I would say. And there will be people, and you know what, I understand this. People say, well, what he did at Alabama has nothing to do with this year. And if you want to take that viewpoint, you can, because the, the beauty and the ugly of the Heisman is there are no hard and fast rules. It is the best player in America, but there are concerns, there are factors you can weave into it comportment off the field career if you want to i just for jalen hurts to finish he's had a great year to win the to win his league championship uh in the sec twice in the big 12 once to go to the playoff all four years to have handled the alabama situation and by the way alabama made the right decision on tua sure 
but for Jalen to handle it and it's not like a Haskins uh, Burrow decision yeah, almost to not it? to not handle it like Landry and Beckham would have to complain about it. And he just <laughs> kept his head down, stayed for a year as a backup, graduated. Okay, well, how can I get out of here and play right away? I'll go graduate and I'll go play at Oklahoma. And by the way, he's become a much better player he's this year. Really he's really good. He had a great year. A ton. And I don't believe Oklahoma would be anywhere close to no. the playoff without him. I do believe Ohio State could still be in the playoff without Justin Fields, although they would not be a threat to win the playoff without Justin Fields. Mm. They won every mm. game by 10 points or more. Mm. Telling me Chris Chuganoff is – and they won those mm. games with everybody. Hey, I think – 40 and what? 40? 40 and 1. I know. I'm <laughs> yeah. saying, I said they wouldn't be a threat to win it with Chuganoff. Could they have beaten Michigan with Chris Chuganoff? Nobody stopped J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, there's stopped a reason him. nobody stopped J.K. Dobbins because Jordan Fields back there, Justin, sling, Fields. Justin Fields is slinging it to. I think Chugs could throw it. So okay. That, okay. Anyway, I'm not saying he can. It I just was I a, don't know. It was a splitting of hairs, just like it was with Clemson and Ohio State. It's for me it was a splitting of hairs between Hertz, Fields, and Dobbins. You have to pick somebody. Um, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. And I had the guys that well, you're totally wrong. And I'm like, well, I can't be totally wrong because the way I voted is how. The vote ended up. So if I'm wrong, 900 voters are yeah. wrong. So that's uh, that's how I would address that one. Now, uh, Joe Burrow's Heisman speech uh, was touching. He th- shouted out Ryan Day. He shouted out uh, Mickey Marotti. He shouted out Ohio State. He shouted out Southeast Ohio. And that was very touching. Joe was very emotional, never more so than when he was talking about his head coach, Ed Orgeron. You know, I didn't play for three years. You took a chance on me, not knowing if I could play or not. And I'm forever in your, forever grateful for you. Can you imagine a guy like Coach O giving me the keys to, to his football program? He just means so much to me and my family. Very heartfelt, very touching. So for all coaches out there, you can see the importance that you have on young people, and they may not show it. It's kind of like really your second sons, to be honest with you, as football coaches. I'm basketball coaches too and girls coaches, but I'm just talking about this particular situation. Uh, what you the impact that you can have on young people and the responsibility and please don't lose sight of that. Here's the thing I, I I think I said this in our last podcast, but it's worth saying again because we have great conversations with my crew. We talk football all weekend long. That's why I love going and working with these guys and gals and and they asked me about Joe Burrow and what my thoughts were. I said, you know the best thing about Joe is that Joe didn't take the easy way. The easy way would have been gone going to Cincinnati, knowing he would have been the starter mm-hmm. right off the get-go. The easy way would have been going to Nebraska, knowing he would have been the starter right away. The hard thing to do was to go to a place like LSU, and as Joe said, hasn't played quarterback in three years yeah. consistently, and Coach Orgeron took a shot at him. Coach O, go Joe. Took a shot on him and believed him, and, and Joe made it pay off. And I got a question on Twitter last night. I think you got it too. I, I don't know if you were tagged on it or not, but uh, should Ohio should Ohio State retire Joe Burrow's number uh, because of he graduated from Ohio State? And my answer is an absolute no. Joe didn't earn the Heisman Trophy as an Ohio State Buckeye. He earned the uh, Heisman Trophy. As an LSU Tiger, yeah, and that's that trophy belongs to Joe and LSU and Joe's teammates at LSU. Yeah, and the number ten at Ohio State belongs to Troy Smith and Rex Kern. That's true. Doesn't belong to Joe Burrow. Uh, as as classy as Joe was when he left, and I thought he made a mistake because I thought Ed Orgeron was just taking anybody he could take and throwing him into a pile, and I thought the Northern kid will be the one that'll get stomped on and run yeah. over, and they'll go with the if it's close. But you know what? He went in there, and he went in. There. He didn't even go in spring ball. He went in fall camp, won the job, took it over, <laughs> played great last year. Got a new offensive coordinator this year, or at least a new passing game coordinator who knew what he was doing. 
and Joe has shot up draft boards. He was not on the Heisman thing at the start of the year. Somebody in Louisiana put like 100 bucks on him after the first game and made a ton of money. So congrats to him, and we'll see. Maybe, a guy, maybe we'll see this year be the year of Joe Burrow, and they'll win it all in, in the Superdome in New Orleans, and we don't we'll know see. We'll see. Hey, there's a guy uh, on my crew that his best friend made – 10 different bets at the beginning of the year on the odds that Lamar Jackson was going to win the MVP of the league. Wow. He's going to win $600,000 because he spread it all around. And his he wasn't even on the board. We do not sanction such activity. That's uh, it's no, gambling. No, but I'm but just, it's just a telling a story. Human interest story, yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Lamar Jackson, it strikes me that there are two guys in the uh, same draft class as Baker Mayfield. Uh, at that quarterback position who have taken their teams to the playoffs this year in their second year, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I just thought that was interesting. Baker was taken ahead of both of them. And where was – okay. Sam Darnold was taken in that class. And by the who way, people in, that in Philly that don't like Carson Wentz, you're lucky to have Carson yeah. Wentz. You are lucky to have that guy. I just wanted to make that clear. From my Twitter wars. Our email and uh, face segment are brought to you by Flashes O Fun. Great uh, photography, easy to work with. Flashesofun.com. Book online, save up to 50 bucks. You'll save hundreds, if not thousands, on your family portraits, your senior pictures, your pet pictures, uh, family and pet, whatever you want with Flashesofun.com. Flashesofun.com. Email from Josh. You can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. By the way, go to Spielman and Hooley and register for the premiere at Sawmill Athletic Club couples membership giveaway. We will uh, pull our winner after the first of the year. A couples membership for a year at Premier, of Saw, pr- premier at Sawmill. It's easy to find. It's right on Bethel Road, uh, near uh, where it intersects with Sawmill Road. And everything's covered. You know, your fitness classes, your aerobics classes, your yoga classes, swimming indoors and outdoors, uh, child care. It's all covered. Couples membership, you can add your kids on for a modest additional cost, but you must enter uh, via the entry form at SpielmanandHooley.com. So here's the email from Josh. I want to let you guys know how much I enjoy your podcast, how much it's helped me. I'm a school resource officer at a local middle school. On Monday, I learned that one of our students was suddenly in critical condition and likely would not survive. Mm. I woke up at 2 a.m. Tuesday morning, wide awake, in anticipation of a day that I was certain would be a difficult one. As I was milling around the house trying to not wake my wife up, I turned your podcast on, thinking perhaps sports would distract me. That didn't happen. What did happen was, I went to the bookshelf and dusted off my Bible and started reading. I started praying. I am grateful for the way the Lord is working through your podcast. Last night, the student passed away, and today we told our students about their classmates passing. Please know that God is working through you and through your podcast, and that as a result, I personally was able to gain much strength to push through what was a very difficult day today. Thank you, and God bless. Well, that's very cool to hear. Wow. Makes it worth it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It sure does. That was our hope when we started to do this, that we could impact people in a positive way. And uh, that's uh, extremely gratifying. I'm glad. uh, I'm glad that you find some type. I actually received a text that I shared with you you remember yeah. uh, along those lines? And it was our segment about worry. Mm-hmm. So, and today, can I lead? Yeah, I'll, I would just I'll, say, I'll, we're, Josh, very sorry for that, yeah. uh, for that circumstance in your school. And I would, I would encourage you that, uh, you know. Keep leading, Josh. It's great, it's great that Kids you are going to look to you. Compassion for your students mm-hmm. and that you're seeking the answers that you're seeking. And, uh, you know, we affirm you in that. So... I was woke up this morning and I saw this T-shirt. You see the T-shirt? Mm-hmm. Saint, Saint Michael, Michael defend us. You know who Saint Michael is, correct? I do not. It's an archangel. Arch- right? Michael. Okay, I, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not Catholic, so no, I don't know no. But you, don't, but you believe I know in Michael an, the archangel. You believe yes, in angels? Absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, yes, no. so you know Michael. I thought it might be a different Michael. Michael's a warrior, right? Yes. Okay. So Frank Peretti was the author that when we talked about this our present book, darkness, this present darkness, and it's all about. Spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. which you and I, I know we both 100% believe, believe in, right? There's yes, sir. Way in, and especially if you're a professed believer, mm-hmm. that you will be under attack. Yes, sir. And so we have ways to do that. The, the Bible tells us all, you know, the armor, armor, the body armor and the sword of the truth. The full armor yeah. of God. Yeah, the full armor of God, right? Uh, that's in, um, 
man. Ephesians I, 6? Is it? I believe so. All right. I'll check you on that. Do that. But I also, there's a prayer called the St. Michael prayer. I don't know if you probably heard it as a kid or something, Bruce. I bet you have. And I was going to share that today. And if you don't mind, can I oh, read please it? Please do. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all its evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. And that's, I mean, you have to tap into the power that you have when you feel like you're being spiritually attacked. And I encourage people all the time that, you know, this Holy Spirit thing is 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 it's it's not a meek little spirit. It's not no. meek and mild. No. You have all this power to call on through difficult times, through happy times, to joyous times, when you feel like you're under attack or you feel tempted or you feel you you call on this and and if you haven't read, have you read any of Peretti's books? This yeah. this we, present, Jerry and I read this. I think it's together. just I think it's an awesome book. And basically what it talks about is the more you pray, the more that you're, you're protected. Yeah, and it's not an intellectual book. I would uh, encourage you. It's told in novel form. It's an interesting story. Yeah, it's, story. it's an action story, it's a, basically. It's a story uh, with spiritual truth woven into it, and it will explain to you a lot of the, the forces that are at work against you when you try to live a faithful life and yeah. how much Satan hates and opposes prayer uh, prayer and the uh, design God has for the universe and for our world. Uh, to dovetail on what you said about the Holy Spirit, I'm always struck by what Charles Stanley, who's one of my favorite pastors, said about the Holy Spirit, and it is a gift you receive from God when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You get the ultimate cheat code. You get God's spirit implanted in you. And Charles Stanley used to say, it's in you, it's with you, and it's upon you. And that is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power. So there's no other power that Satan can throw at you that's greater. Now, you can succumb to the temptations that you face at times. Um, I slipped up last night. I was trying to put the snow blade on my John Deere, and the hydraulic hoses wouldn't fit where I thought they should fit. And I expressed my frustration verbally in ways that I haven't in months. And I didn't channel the Holy Spirit's power in that moment. <sighs> and I have I'm, a problem when I'm around football people and football yeah, stuff. And so it's those temptations, those forces, and we're all, I'm d- dead serious here, and so is Chris. Those forces of darkness are always there. Uh, Peter said that Satan stalks around like a hungry lion waiting to pounce. He's always waiting to pounce. But always remember, you're forgiven when you accept Christ. And so get back up on your spiritual horse and ride again, and don't be defeated by your failures because you're not not going to lose your salvation when you stumble and fall. And um, I'll close with this. Here's the one thing I want you to remember. You are not the children of God of Good Friday, but the children of God of Easter Sunday. The children of God of, of Good Friday, it's not a beaten man that's been whipped and decimated and destroyed and tortured. I mean, you look at who the risen God is and risen Christ is and the Holy Spirit in you. It's it's a warrior, man. It is a pure, loving warrior fighting for good and justice. And that's truth. It's it's not a meek little man. It's a flat-out warrior in you and with you and by you. So call on him. It's okay. He's there. He'll fight for you. Trust me. Fought for me. Many times. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday with another edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. We appreciate you listening very, very much. Hope you have a great Monday.